0: When things don't go according to plan, what do you do? When things don't go the way you expected, the way you wanted, what do you do? That's what we're going to look at tonight. If you would, let's stand to our feet together as we read God's Word tonight. Joshua chapter 7, and we'll just read a few verses, and then we'll get into the message tonight. Joshua chapter 7, verse number 1. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along, and the men and the ladies in the sound booth will have it on the screen as well. Verse 1 the Bible says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of... Boy, those are some wonderful names. There you go. Uh, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Israel. Verse 2. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven and the east of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up, and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, I might have butchered that, Bear with me. And smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Verse 6. Remember what we're going to talk about tonight when things don't go according to plan? Look at Joshua here. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the even tide. He and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. We'll stop there tonight and we'll we'll pick up later uh, in the message. But let's have a word of prayer tonight as we get into the message. Dear Heavenly Father... God above, I believe every time we enter the church doors, and God, every time we open your word, and God, every time we gather together, you're here in the midst, and God, you want to speak to our hearts tonight. You have something for each individual, whether they're an adult, whether they're a teenager, Lord. God, you you want to speak to us tonight, and Lord, I ask that you would use your word tonight, that God, you would speak through it to each of us, and that God, you would help us, because sometimes in life, things don't go the way we want. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to learn some lessons from this passage on how to deal with that. We ask that you'd be with our service tonight. In your precious name, Jesus, we love you. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Of course, as we get to Joshua chapter 7, we know uh, Joshua chapter 6 came before it. And what a great story, Joshua 6. The, the Battle of Jericho. How many know that story tonight? Famous battle story in the history of Israel. Of course, Israel has gotten to the Promised Land they had gotten there one time 40 years before, did not go in. Uh, God said, well, you're going you're gonna to go wander for 40 years until you've learned your lesson to trust me. They finally get back there. Moses is now gone, right? Because of his sin in the wilderness, God would not let him go in. They've got Joshua, the new leader. They go in, and one of the first battles, one of the first cities they come to is a massive walled city, Jericho. You know the story well, right? How God gave uh, Joshua the battle strategy. What a great strategy. Just march around the wall. Some of you in here just thinking about that story get tired thinking about all that exercise. Go march around the wall. Every day. How long? And Joshua gives this battle strategy from the Lord and it may sound weird and it may sound crazy, but I'm here to tell you, don't forget this lesson. Uh, When God tells you to do something, you should always do it. What a great strategy in life. They do it. And you know the story well. The walls came down. What a great victory. We get to that victory and we come to chapter 7. When God uh, had the people go to Jericho, he he told them one thing. He said, when you go into Jericho, make sure that the spoils, of course it was a normal thing when, when you would defeat someone at that time, to go in and take the spoils. Take the nice clothes, look for the money hidden in the house, whatever it might be. But God said in Jericho, I don't want you to do that. I want you to make sure you don't take anything. And we know that there was one man, his name is Achan, he's mentioned here. One man named Achan decided, you know what? I'm going to take something. And and he does. He sees some things that he likes, is captured by his eyes. and, And that's, by the way, how sin works. Uh, you see something and you start thinking, can I get away with this? And eventually, if you keep going down that train of thought, instead of shutting it down, you fall into sin. Achan fell into sin that day. He takes what he shouldn't have taken. And, and I want you to understand a few things about this because I'm going somewhere. Stay with me now. Uh, first off, when it, when it comes to this defeated AI, we really could say this. It was Achan's fault, right? Achan had taken a thing. God said, don't take it. Achan's to blame. And I do want you to understand a few things about what Achan did. First off, sin defeats us. Sin defeats us. Uh, When they went to Ai, we know that it was sin that had them lose the battle in chapter 7. It was Achan's sin. Sin defeats me and you. So often the main enemy of our life is not other people. It's us. It's our sin. It's our sin. That's why the Bible says, lay aside every weight of sin that doth so easily beset us. See, it's the sin of our lives that trip us up and mess us up. And it was Aiken's sin here that caused them later to lose this battle. I want you to also understand this sin affects those around us. Do you think about the 36 men who died? Do you think about their wives? As I read that story, I think of their wives. Hey, we're sending a super squad over here. They're going to come back victorious, easy, peasy, lemon squeezy. And instead of the men coming home excited and happy, the men come home with their heads down, tears running down their face, blood and sweat still dripping, and they come to the wives of those 36 and said, your husband's dead. He didn't make it. And then you find out It was Achan's sin who had caused it. And if we're not careful, we think, well, the sin's affecting me, but it's not going to affect my family. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, it's got me, yes, but it won't affect my ministry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sin doesn't just affect you. It affects everything around you, everything you touch. And if you're going to live in a life of sin, don't be surprised when things don't go according to plan. According to plan, I noticed this. Sin ruins things that are happy and wonderful. Boy, they were excited after Jericho, weren't they? <laughs> Did you see that wall come down? Wow! That was awesome! Man, I knew I was stomping hard, you know, on my walk, right? No, I mean, amazing feeling, amazing high in life. Man, what a victory! Yet, yeah, because of one man's sin, happiness, gladness, rejoicing was immediately turned to heartbreak and sadness. And that's what sin does in our lives. You could say Achan's sin caused this defeat. But I want to pose a question tonight. Many of you maybe have never thought of this. Does Joshua deserve part of the blame? Does Joshua deserve part of the blame? I mean, we know Achan's sin. We know that was a part of it. But does Joshua deserve, I'm, by the way, let, let's give you the pros and cons here. Don't you love pros and cons? How many of you women write pros and cons, you know? I know we got some single ladies here, you know, they're talking about this boyfriend they have, pros, he's got money. Cons, he's ugly, all right? The, these pros and cons. I want you to think about, does Joshua have, a, have any fault here? Well, let, let's give you some things here. First off, who was the leader? Joshua. Um, who sent the men to Ai? Joshua. Who made the decision to go to Ai? Joshua. Who decided not to send everyone? Joshua. Let's give you the flip side. Did Joshua know what Achan had done? No. Did Joshua know that Achan had disobeyed God? No. Did Joshua think that God was going to fight for him? I think he did. But I want you to understand, as I look at the story, I I believe, yes, it was Achan's fault, but Joshua could have avoided this. Joshua could have avoided this. You say, well, where are you getting this? I'm getting it from the Bible. You ready to see it? You got your Bibles there, Joshua chapter 7? Let's look. I want you to learn a few lessons from Joshua here. First off, look at verse 3. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, let not all the people go up. I want you to understand in your life, you better be careful of what you would call an easy decision. We look at this and we think this is an easy decision, right? You just beat a walled city, Jericho, giant city, lots of people, lots of military strength. Easy decision, you beat them. Let's go take this little city down, right? Easy decision. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you better be careful in life about what me and you deem as an easy decision. Could you say it was common sense to go defeat AI very quickly? I think we look at that and say, well, it's common sense. city They just took down a walled fortress. Let's go beat up on AI, the smaller city. Can I ask you a question tonight? Did Joshua go to God about the battle strategy for AI? By the way, where did he get the battle strategy from for Jericho? Did he come up on that one on his own? Hmm. Joshua never went to the Lord. Why? It's easy. It's an easy decision. If you're not careful in life, the small decisions are the ones that will actually mess you up. Sometimes we think of life as we we have big decisions, and those things come into our lives. Sometimes it's moving. Sometimes it's a job offer. Uh, You can fill in the blank. We have we would look at a massive decisions, but I'm here to tell you, the devil a lot of times doesn't come to you trying to mess you up on that big decision. He tries to get you with a hundred little decisions so that by the time in life you've gotten to the big decision, you're so far off, you obviously missed the big decision. Are you hearing me tonight? It's the little things. The small decisions. That lead to us making big mistakes. Joshua never went to God, uh, I noticed this: he didn 't send everyone. i don 't know about you. I am not a military leader, but if I had an army, I want to tell you something i 'm taking everybody. i 'm taking everybody. okay? It's like you play that old game risk, you know you risk i 'm risking it all I 'm taking the whole army if I have to go to battle, right? 'm taking everybody. i don 't want to lose. I, want full, I, I coach sports. And you better believe when I go to a game, I want everybody on my team to be there. I don't want the one guy who's sick to... Brother TJ, I'm sick. No, you're not. Get here. We need you. Uh, I don't want the... Oh, Brother TJ, my leg. Man, I'll cut it off and buy you a new one, man. I need you. You're part of our team. I want everybody. Joshua says, you know, we don't need everybody. Why did he think that way? Because he thought was an easy decision. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you've got to be careful about what you deem as a small decision, an easy decision, because if you're not careful, those will lead to big-time battle losses like it did for Joshua. You got your Bible, you go to Psalms 143. I believe the guys will have it on the screen. Psalm 143, when they're there, say amen. You, Brother Colby, you're just so fast at typing up there. And you're looking at my outline. Man, Psalm 143, look at verse 10. The Bible says this, Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. I've got Romans 8, 13, and 14 down. I'm not going to look at it for sake of time tonight, but I want you to understand something as a Christian we all have to realize is I need God for every decision. I don't just need God for the Jericho's. I need God for the AIs. I don't need God just when it's like this massive life decision. I need him today. I need him now. I need him for every decision. I go into a meeting. Man, it's a hard meeting. I'm going to pray before it. But you know what? I want to pray before the meeting that's kind of simple. Are you with me? If we're not careful, we, we look at things in life. Well, it's easy. I don't need God's help for this. And boy, if you think that way, Joshua did. Did Joshua have a little part? Yeah, I think he did. He could have stopped it. He could have stopped it. By the way, do you think if Joshua would have went to God, God would have said, don't go? I believe he would have. I believe he would have said the same thing he's going to say in a few verses. Hey, Joshua, there's some sin going on. And before he would have went to the battle, he'd have taken care of Achan and they would have never lost those 30... You don't have to agree with me, but it's in, you can't prove me wrong or prove me right, but it's all good. I want you to notice this. What can we learn from Joshua? Be wary after big victories in life. Spiritual highs, if you're not careful, are followed by spiritual lows. And at one minute in life, you can be on a spiritual mountaintop, and immediately the devil knocks your feet out from under you, and you're in a spiritual low. Elijah experienced it. After defeating the prophets of Baal, and next thing you know, he's in a cave saying, God, take my life. Noah experienced after building a boat for a hundred and some years, floating during this worldwide flood, and then he falls into sin right after this. If you're not careful in life, a spiritual victory will be followed by a spiritual low. They call them trap games in sports. How many sports fans out there? Anybody ever heard the term trap game? A trap game is when you look at the schedule... And you've got a team on there that's really good, and you're like, you're highlighting that game. You're sir, that is the game. You know, the two most dangerous games on the schedule actually are the one before that and the one after that. You get so busy looking at that good team that you forget, oh, we play someone this week. Or you beat the team. Woo, we just took out our rivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo, awesome. Let's go. And then the next week, you're playing scrubs. But you're just so excited after that last win. You forget to show up and forget to play. It's a trap. And I'm here to tell you, the devil wants you to fall in the same trap. He wants you teenagers who came back from camp all energized and fired up for the Lord to now fall into a spiritual trap. Adults, he wants you to come to church on Sunday, but tomorrow fall into a spiritual trap. After an exciting, encouraging day on Sunday, he wants, the devil wants to get you back to a spiritual low tomorrow and the rest of the week. Watch out. Because that's what Joshua faced. I want you to notice, look at verse 3. And he returned to Joshua and said unto them, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up. Smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. I want you to notice this, be wary of easy decisions, be wary of big victories, but also be wary of bad advice. Be wary of bad advice. Now at first glance, does this look that bad? It doesn't look that bad. What I'm about to tell you, you're now going to, in a few minutes, you go, ooh, that was bad. Yeah, it was. Notice this. Was this spiritual advice? No. Hey, Joshua, let's go talk to God, the one who gave us the strategy for Jericho. Did any of the men say that? Nope. This wasn't spiritual advice. Uh, It wasn't common sense advice. We talked about that. Why would you bring just a few when you could just take the whole army? They probably just surrendered instantly. Um. This was hasty. How often you made a bad decision because you were in a rush. Anybody been there? My both of my hands are up. Got to get this done. Crash and burn. Made a bad choice. Made a bad decision. Uh, I heard this years ago. Many of you would, would have heard this. Try not to make decisions at night. You know, sleep on it. You ever heard that phrase, sleep on it? Boy, I found that to be true. If I make decisions at night, they can be some of the stupidest things. The next day I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I why did I text that person that? Why did I why did I say that? You know, I why dumb, you know, made a poor decision. Made a poor decision. This was hasty and not thought thought through advice. Ooh. Are you ready for an ouchie? Look at verse 3. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, "Let not all the what's that next word? people. Let not the people all the people go up. Can I tell you this? This was prideful advice. Who won the battle of Jericho? Was it the people? The people. Or was it God? I think we'd all agree. Uh, their marching probably didn't bring those walls down. Some of you think it was seismic activity. Yeah, it might have been, but it was God bringing the seismic activity. Unless those Israelites were really overweight, I don't know. That was, that was a joke. Okay, y'all can laugh, all right? Some, some of you just laughed and your, your wife just elbowed you next to you, man. Some of your wives, you just elbowed your husband, though. <laughs> it was prideful. Hey, we don't need every... We, we don't need all of us. No, no, what you really needed, you needed God. You needed God. You needed Him to fight for you like He did at Jericho. It was prideful advice. Now, I say all that to say this. Did Joshua caused the loss? No, I think Achan did. But could have Joshua helped them avoid this by some different decision making? I think the answer is probably. But he makes the decision. When he makes the decision, now we know the end, right? We know the end. We know the result. But when he makes this decision in his heart, he thought, oh, we're going to win. This wasn't like a I don't know if we're going to... Oh, he he thinks I've made the right decision. And that's where we get into the message tonight. I got 16 minutes. Stay with me here. I want you to understand this. He thought he had a plan. He knew what he was going to do. But when they come back defeated, what is he going to do now that things have not gone according to plan? You ever made a decision in life that didn't go according to plan? Uh, the other day I was playing softball, men's softball. Where's my men's softball players at? Raise your hand. Uh, well, some of you are raising your hand. Question mark. Anyway, and they were out there. Okay, guys, they were out there. And anyway, that was a joke. Man, you guys are a tough crowd tonight. It's either a tough crowd or bad jokes. Miss Sarah, we've got to write some new jokes, okay? She doesn't write these. These are all me, unfortunately, okay? Boy, I play softball, and isn't it amazing? Fellas, you'll be able to testify In your mind, things always go differently. Like you jump for that ball. And in your mind, you caught it. In real life, you missed it by 30 feet. Right? You're up there to bat, fellas, and you are just envisioning this ball going a mile. There's a scoreboard. I'm going to hit it off the scoreboard. And you swing, and the ball bounces right here and really breaks your heart. You missed it completely. Right? Uh, The other day, I fielded a ground ball picked it up and i i mean literally in my mind my mind is running a million miles an hour it's way out in front of actually what's happening and let me tell you i threw a missile to our first baseman max burns by the way you can't miss him he's like six foot six okay i mean he's the biggest target on planet earth in my mind the guy was out i threw the ball and it wasn't even close well that didn't go according to plan uh you ever cook dinner fellas Ladies, you ever cook dinner after watching Pinterest? And you're like, it was so good looking on that Pinterest video. Oh my. How can I mess it up? And then you taste it afterwards. And let me tell you, it goes straight in the trash. I have been there. My wife knows. She knows that I I hate cooking, not because I don't enjoy cooking. It's because when I don't cook it right, I'm so angry. It's like, I just am like... It was supposed to taste good. And then I made it. Who am I to get mad at? I made it. Throw it in the trash can. Then I'm mad at myself the rest. Of it. Why? I, it didn't go the way I wanted it. In life, that happens. You make a decision with your family. It didn't go the way you wanted You made a decision at your job. That's not how I thought that was going to go. And these things happen in our life. By the way, you ever been there? Sometimes, sometimes you make a decision and it's better than you thought. Anybody ever been there? Wow. Those are the God ones. Almost always those are the ones that you prayed about. You, you read your Bible about. You had confidence from God. You made the decision. Not only was it good, it was unfathomable. That's I can't even say that word. Unfathom. Okay, let's not do it again. It was good. It was great great. I'm bailing on that word. I can't say it. Brother Cameron, you need to tell me later, okay? I see Brother John back there. He could say that. He could spell it for me, right? All right. Yeah. Where was I? Let's hasten. We got time ticking. So what do we do when things don't go according to plan? Look at your Bible. I want you to notice Joshua tonight. What does he do? Because things aren't going right. Things are not going the way he thought. What's he going to do? Look at chapter 7, verse 5. And the men at Ai smote of them about thirty and six men. For they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell on the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until even tide. He and the elders of Israel put dust upon their heads. I want you to notice, what do you do when things don't go according to plan? Don't lose your faith in God. Don't lose your faith in God. It would have been so easy for Joshua to get mad at God, to get upset at God. God, why? And he's going to do, do a little bit of that. But I think throughout the story, he never loses faith and trust in God. Was he questioning it? Certainly. But he never lost his faith in God. And if you're not careful, things won't go according to plan, and you'll turn on God. Why do you think people walk out of church and never come back? Something came up in their life. We all know God allows everything, but we also know God allows everything for a reason and a purpose, right? If you're not careful, you'll lose your trust and faith in God, and you'll walk away from him. I I don't think Joshua ever did. By the way, did God do anything wrong here? I don't think so. They disobeyed. It was the people. Their sin caused this. Achan's sin caused this. God didn't do anything wrong. And if you're not careful in life, when things don't go according to plan, you immediately turn on God and say, God, it's your fault. God, you did this. You caused this. And you lose your trust and faith in him. Don't lose that when things don't go according to plan. Look at verse number uh, 8, if you would. I want you to notice Joshua here. He's going to go through a lot of emotions. Are you ready? Emotion. Emotion, a leader right here, Joshua. He goes through all of it. Verse 7, And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan, to deliver us in the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Can you see the heartbreak in the leader? He's heartbroken. Heartbroken. He thought this was going to be a win. He thought we're going to win. No way we're going to lose. He's broken. Broken. Look at verse 8. He says, O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? Verse 8, uh, verse 9, For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Notice the question marks. You ever been there where you have a question, God, why are you doing this? That's what Joshua is going through. Here's a heartbroken man. Here's a man who's, God, why? What do I say? What do I do? Uh, I noticed this. He asked this question. What do I do now? You ever been there? You made a a decision, didn't go according to plan. What am I going to do? I thought this was it. I thought this was the right thing. I thought this was what God you wanted me to do. All of these questions are going through Joshua's head. I want you to understand, number two, what do you do when you don't know what to do or, or what, what's going on? You go to God. You go to God. Because at the end of the day, God's the only one that knows what's going on. You can come to Brother TJ. I'll give you a whole lot of verses. I'll encourage you as best I can. But at the end of the day, I'm not God. I don't know what exactly he's doing in your life. But I do know who does. God does. And Joshua, in this moment of heartbreak, in this moment of questions, he doesn't go back to the same guys he got advice from. He doesn't go back to the guys he was just talking to. He says, I'm going to go to the source of wisdom, the source of knowledge, and the one who really knows what's going on, and I'm going to get an answer from God. He goes to God. By the way, he's about to get an answer, isn't he? He's about to get one. Go to God to do, or uh, so you know what to do next. I want you to notice number three. Look at verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, when I read his verse, I chuckle. And the Lord said to Joshua, Get thee up. Oh, little Joshy. Oh, little Joshy, it's okay. Is that how God... No. God doesn't treat him like a little child. Here's Joshua, heartbroken. God, what's going on? God, what's happening? He's on the ground Pleading with God, and God says, get up. Get up. He goes on to say, get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy faith? What are you doing on the ground, Joshua? Why are you so brokenhearted, Joshua? I know things didn't go according to your plan, but get up. I want you to know when things don't go according to plan, you know what you got to do? Get up. Get up. Yeah, it didn't go according to plan. That doesn't mean you, you just call it in the next day. That doesn't mean you just quit on the next day. That doesn't mean you just quit on your family because things didn't go the way you wanted. That doesn't mean just because you had a rough day, you can come home and mistreat your family. Be rude to your husband. Be rude to your wife. Mistreat your... Ch- Are you getting the picture tonight? Just because things don't go according to plan doesn't mean God wants us to sit there and whine and pout like Joshua's doing. God says, Joshua, get up. Get up. I still have a plan. I still got a purpose for you, leader Joshua. Don't sit there and mope and pout. Get up. And I'm here to tell you, Christian, when you, things don't go according to plan, you got to keep going. you got to keep going. And listen, there might be some of you tonight that are facing things and I am not diminishing the pain. I'm not diminishing the heartbreak. I'm not not diminishing what you're going through whatsoever, but I'm telling you this, you have got to get up. You've got to keep going. You've got to push through. You say, I can't. Yes, you can. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. When you don't have strength for yourself, it is God himself who can come alongside of you and give you the strength that you need. You've got to get up. You've got to get up. I coach sports, as I said earlier in... I I, when, I, I always, try, I even do this with the girls I coach too. I believe in getting up. Sometimes I'll have a kid get injured, and, and by the way, a lot of times it's a real injury. It's not like there's. Well, I do coach soccer, so we know how that goes. You know, ah, ah, okay, it's very effective in soccer. Okay, they're hurt. It hurt them. They rolled an ankle. They took a knee to knee. They got a giant, massive contusion on their thigh. Okay. I'll go out there, and I don't, I'm not rude to them. Suck it up. I don't do that. I'll ask them, are you okay? What hurts? What are you feeling? But as I go through the conversation, the progression with that player, as the player starts sucking up the tears, wiping them off, I'll ask him this question. Can you get up? Can you get up? By the way, it's funny. Because usually it's about that moment where that high school guy goes, oh, yeah. There's a lot of people watching. Oh yeah, that girl I like just saw me crying. Great. Ooh, my mom and dad are here. Oof. I say, can you get up? And it's amazing. Most of the time they get up. Sometimes they need help. Sometimes they need someone's arm. Sometimes I need two people. Sometimes I've had to carry them between two people. It's like, lift your legs up, okay? I, I haven't had to go get the gurney yet in the sport game. I hope I never have to. I love when they get on that and they give the thumbs up. I'm okay. You've got to get up. And I know it hurts. And I know sometimes the things in life, the decisions you make, they don't go the way you want. And it's frustrating and it's upsetting. But I'm here to tell you, you've got to get up. And God tells Joshua, get up. Get up now. Stay with me. Ooh, i got four minutes. Are we still alive? Raise your right hand. Raise your left hand. Touch your ear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some of you are just, you've heard me too many times. (laughs) Look at verse 11. The Bible says Israel has sinned. God tells him now. God's going to tell him. He's going to say, Joshua, the reason that you guys lost the battle, because of Achan, this sin. Look at verse 11. Israel has sinned. And they have have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen and disassembled also. And, And they have put it even among their own stuff. Look at verse 12. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. This is a scary verse. Look at verse 12. Look at the second half. It says, Neither will I be with you anymore. Aren't you glad we are in the New Testament? We got, the, we got God's promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Don't you love that? We got that Holy Spirit inside of us. But God tells Joshua straight up here. He says, if you don't figure this out and deal with this, I'm not going to be with you. I'm not going to be with you. I want you to notice what do you do when things don't go according to plan? Get back to the plan as quickly as possible. And guess what God's plan was for the people of Israel to go in and defeat Ai and get the rest of the promised land? That was the game plan, that was the battle strategy. Yes, they won Jericho. Yes, they just had a defeated Ai. But the plan still stands. God's plan was still, we got to go through. And we're going to conquer this people. And Joshua has to make a decision. I've got to get back to God's plan. To God's plan. And here tonight, you make a decision. And maybe it doesn't go according to plan. You've got to go to God, as we said. And you've got to make sure that, hey... Am I on the right track? And if I'm on the right track, God, help me to keep going. And if I'm not on the right track, God, get me back on the right track because I want, you, I want to do what you want me to do. Had to get back on the plan. Don't let things permanently derail you from doing what God wants you to do. God wanted them to conquer the promised land. This moment could have been a derailing moment in the history of Israel had Joshua not went to God and got back. ...on God's plan, God's strategy. I grew up racing slot cars. Anybody ever heard of a slot car? Wow, more than I thought. I just thought those were the coolest things growing up. For those of you who don't know what a slot car is, it's like a little tiny car, like a Hot Wheels... ...but it's got an actual motor. Uh, it's got specialized wheels, and it's got this little metal piece. And you have this track, and the metal piece goes into a little, little piece of the track... ...and there's little magnets on the bottom of the car, and it keeps the car on the track. And as a little boy... I used to love racing these slot cars. We had a couple men of our church and they, they had a massive track they had in one of the classrooms. This is a, this is a school staff man thing, Pastor. Can you imagine one of our rooms? There's just a giant slot car track, okay? How they did this with Pastor's approval, I'll never understand. Anyway, I didn't all understand all that back then. I just knew this was awesome. Man, all, all of our friends, we would, we would go and we all bought cars. I spent hundreds of dollars, Brother Don. Just blowing money. Where are those slot cars now? In the trash, I'm sure. Hundreds of dollars, little junior high brother TJ on these things. Because I wanted to have the fastest car. I remember I bought a Patriot 2. You don't know what that is, but I do. It was fast. Very fast. And boy, you'd put it on the track, and there'd be six or seven cars lined up, each with their own lane. There's a big computer screen, and it had colors on the track. Orange lane, blue lane, green lane. And you had this little gun. The gun was maybe the funnest part. like... But it's not a real gun. It's, all it is is a trigger. And you pull the trigger, that's go. You let the trigger off, and that's slow, slow down, right? This is rocket science. We love those slot cars. Boy, you'd be in a race, and man, you knew how fast your car was, and you knew what corners you better slow up on. If you had a really good car like Brother Tito, you just sit there and went, and just held that thing down the whole time. I had the extra nice tires, the extra nice magnets. Remember, I was putting a lot of money into it. Okay. I bought a, my first car, I got destroyed every time, so I had to upgrade, right? Hold that trigger down. But can I tell you what was so frustrating? You'd be in a race, and of course there's magnets, but they're not like super strong. If they were too strong, the car wouldn't move, right? Just strong enough to hold you on, but it still comes off. And I was rear racing, and boy, if your car came off the track, death scream. No! You'd be, I'd be yelling at the adults, because their job, the adults, leaders were to put you know, the car back on, right? Mine first! You know, get it back on! I mean, we're just, I mean, let me tell you, that's where I learned my hate of officials, right there, okay? <laughs> right there, I learned it. Fifth and sixth grade boy. Mine what are you doing? It was awesome. We loved it. You know what's frustrating? You'd be driving and you're flying, you're watching your times on a screen, you're just blowing everyone away, you're 10 laps ahead, your lap times are, are so much faster, you're just feeling so great, and then all of a sudden, the guy next to you has the world's worst car, and of course he wrecks it every three seconds. And all of a sudden, you see it wreck, and as your car is coming, his car is laying in your track. And you're like, "No!" Boom! And man, my car was not meant to wreck. Like, when my car wrecked, tires would come off. You know, the little body that was held by... You know, it's like a... It literally would blow up. So frustrating. Because I was derailed by someone else. Someone else. Someone else's car. That dirty rascal. And that's what we're seeing here. In Israel's history... They were being derailed by someone else's sin. But the question was, are you going to get back on the track? Are you going to get back to my plan? Are you going to get back to my strategy? Are you going to get back to conquering the, the promised land like you're supposed to? And then I want you to get to the last part. I'm done. I'm two minutes over. Forgive me. I did tell Mrs. Vestal 6 to 6.10. I'm still in the 6.10. I'm not at 6. Forgive me. Verse 13. It says, Up. Sanctify the people. This is what God tells Joshua. And say, sanctify, your, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. I want you to understand this. What do you do when things go, go according to plan? You have to continue to live a sanctified life. Just because things didn't work out doesn't give you a license to make it worse. Almost every addiction you can think of. Almost always. Why'd you do it? Well, I was escaping this pain. You don't know the day I had. You don't know what I've been through. Are you getting the picture tonight? If you're not careful Christian, when things don't go according to plan, you'll take it as a license to just, well, God's not in it. God's not for it. I'm just going to do whatever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You have to continue to live a sanctified life. To live a sanctified life means you have to stand before God. God's going to say, get the people out here. They need to come stand before me. We know when we trusted Jesus Christ, He didn't just sanctify us to be by ourselves. He set us apart to be with Him. To be with Him. To have that relationship with Him. To be truly sanctified means we have to get rid of the worthless things. I'm not going to read it for sake of time, but if you were to look at 22 and 24, or 22, 23, and 24, they're going to say, Achan, where's your tent? Men, go look in the tent. He said it's there. Go get it out. Go get that stuff he stole. Go get that stuff he took. We've got to clean it up. We've got to clean it up. If you're going to live a sanctified life, you've got to set apart the worthless things of this world. Do you think. We don't know Achan's response. Isn't it interesting, though, to think about? We don't know if he was remorseful. We know he was honest in the end. I mean, it's not really a big kudos to be honest when you God literally has you in front of him. Right? We don't know his response. But I do know this. I think if you were to ask him before he's about to be killed, you'd think he'd have said, you know what? If I knew this was going to happen, I wouldn't have taken it. If I knew my family was about to be killed, I wouldn't have taken it. If I knew I was about to be killed, I wouldn't have taken it. Are you getting the picture tonight? Don't let the worthless things of life cause you to not be set apart, sanctified. And then can I tell you this? You've got to separate from those who are not helping you win battles. It was Achan's sin, wasn't it? They got rid of Achan. Because <laughs> they, they did not want to lose another battle. And I'm here to tell you, sometimes in your life, in your spiritual walk with God, you're going to have to separate from some people. They're not bad people, they're not wicked heathen people. But you may have to set yourself apart from some people in life who are not helping you win the spiritual battles in your life. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for them. I'm not saying you shouldn't be a good influence to them. I'm not saying you shouldn't give them a kind word and encouraging word and try to help them. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to lead them to Jesus. I'm not saying any of that. But I am saying this. You better be careful about how close you let sin get to you. Because there are sometimes people like Achan who are causing the people to lose the battles in their life. I'm done. I want to ask you this question. When things don't go according to plan, we see what Joshua did. But What about you? Some of you today are facing some things that you've made decisions in the last week, even. And already you're thinking, Brother TJ, it ain't going right. What are you gonna do? We see what Joshua does, but Joshua ain't here. What will you do? Dad, what will you do? Mom, what you gonna do? Teenager? Ministry leader, what you gonna do? When things don't go according to plan, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're gonna have a word of prayer. I have a quick invitation tonight. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I, I would ask you tonight, not going to embarrass you or anything, but I wonder if there's someone in here today. So, Brother TJ, as you preached, it was like God was speaking to me. There's something in my life, a decision I've made the last week, the last month, the last year. And Brother TJ, as you were preaching on this, it kept coming to my mind. It was like God himself was just pointing it out. There's something that I've planned that's not gone according to plan. Brother TJ, would you pray for me as I deal with it? Is there anyone in here to say, Brother TJ, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? There's some area in my life, some decision I've made. It's just not it's not working out the way I wanted to or I thought it would. I see those hands. There's many hands. Would you put your hands down? How many would say, Brother TJ, I, I don't feel like I have a decision in my life like that right now. But, Brother TJ, I don't want to either. I want to make decisions that are honoring and pleasing to God. And I want to go with God's plan. Not my plan, brother T.J. Will you pray that God will help me in my future plans this week, maybe this month, this next year? Is there anything to say, brother T.J., would you pray for me tonight? Would you raise your hand? I see hands all over the room. I think every one of us desires that tonight, and I hope you do as well. Here's what we're going to do: we're going to stand to our feet with heads bowed, eyes closed. If you would stand, and the piano is going to play tonight, and if God spoke to your heart about something, would you come forward tonight and meet at an old-fashioned altar? If you're at your seat, would you bow your head and would you connect with God tonight as others are coming forward? Make a decision tonight. With heads bowed, eyes closed, if you raised your hand tonight, would you pray that God would help you in the future? Would you pray for some of you who raised your hand saying, man, something's just not going according to plan you take time to pray for that as you're at your seat? Hey, this is church. God's here tonight. You can connect with him right now. You don't have to wait till tonight. You can talk to him right this moment make that decision in your heart and in your life. Let's all bow for a word of prayer together. Dear Lord, we love you. God, you saw the hands tonight. God, I pray for each and every one of our church people. Lord, I know the people in this room have a heart for you. And God, they want to live for you. They want to make the decisions, God, that you want them to make. God, they have a heart to follow you and to serve you. Lord, we ask that you would clearly lead us, clearly guide us. And Lord, when things don't go according to plan, Help us to learn from this passage tonight. And God, to to just make sure we're doing our best to stay close to you. Lord, we ask that you would bless these wonderful church people. And that you'd be with us the rest of this service. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Uh, We are excited. In just a minute, uh, we're going to get to see Farah Bruton get baptized. One of our young people. And I know the children have snuck in up there. We're excited to have them in here. They want to watch uh, one of the other kids get baptized. And so we'll get to see that baptism in just a second. But before we do, while they're getting ready, uh, I think we have a next video. Can we show that next video? We'll watch this next video, and then uh, we'll get to watch this baptism. There will be a church business meeting on Sunday, August 21st, following the 5 p.m. service. Join us as we vote to appoint two new deacons in our church. We're looking forward to our big day on Sunday, August 21st. This big day is for our Sunday school and adult connection groups. Let me encourage you, if you don't have a class or connection group you're in, this is a day you want to try it out can Visit one of our 10 or 11 adult classes. Maybe you're a part of the teen group, or maybe you're part of the children.